0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb.
0: And I'm Julie Douglas.
1: And you know, Julie, we live in a... We have it pretty good, you know? We we have uh, access to clean water. Mm-hmm. We live in a, um, a relatively parasite-free environment. I mean, we all have our, our parasites. As far as we know. Well, yeah. we have our parasites. Yeah. Um, they're, they're inevitable to a certain degree. But... Um, but, but when, you, when you really start looking around at some of the, uh, the problems that, uh, that are dealt with in uh, some of the more developing parts of the world, um, it, it really is a wake-up call to just um, how thankful we should be. Not to get too, you know, gushy here, but, uh, but we are, in this episode, going to talk about um, something that is both, on, on one hand, a very gross and a very um, fascinating Organism, a parasitic organism mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, of interest just because it is an organism that carries out its uh, its its genetic mission in a very peculiar um, and engaging way. It's
0: a very stealthy parasite. Yeah, very yeah. stealthy,
1: and we can admire its uh, its purity, you know. But uh, but on the other hand, it is also a huge um, world health issue. It is uh, it is something that is of, of great concern to organizations like the the World Health Organization and particularly the Carter Center based here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm who uh, we've been chatting with, you especially have been chatting with uh, this week uh, to get geared up for this episode on river blindness.
0: Yeah, I mean, usually we will talk about parasites, and as you say, we'll talk about them as as destructive forces, but we don't always go into these these larger public health arenas. So Mm -hmm. I think it'll be really interesting to to, to today talk about... again, like you say, the parasite itself, but what sort of destruction actually happens when a parasite really infiltrates a community. Um, So we are talking about something called onchocerciasis. This is also known as river blindness. It's a parasitic disease caused by tiny worms or nematodes, onchocerica, uh, volvulus worm in particular, and it is transmitted by flies.
1: Black flies specifically, which are these... Nasty little things. When, when I lived up in uh, in Canada and in, uh, in Newfoundland as a kid, we had we had black flies, and they were vicious. Like like yeah. Now I, I'm not certain it's exactly the same. You know, it's, it, maybe it's just a cousin of the black fly, but but just the the word black fly even now inspires uh, itching and uh, slapping on my part. The, all right, yeah. so
0: kind of strikes fear into your heart already. Yeah. Um, well, imagine if it was carrying this this parasite, um, and you were then infected by one of these bites.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing about when we're talking about one of these bites, and certainly like when I was in Canada dealing with, with a black fly, mm-hmm. we, you get a couple of bites. But in some of these uh, these uh, these areas, be it, be it like Uganda or uh, or, or, or certain parts of uh, South America, mm-hmm. um, you're talking about like 20, 25 bites or more per hour when you're out and, and, and about. Right. Um, so you're just getting bombarded with these bites. And then these, these are infected bites.
0: And that's really key to the transmission yeah. as well. I mean, you're, you're not probably going to get this parasite unless you get multiple, multiple bites here. Um, but let's just talk about, before we start talking about the Carter Center, we talked about the parasite itself, let's talk a little bit about the symptoms. Um, yes. We were talking about intense itching.
1: Yeah. It, itching, uh, the accounts that I was reading and, uh, and, and listening to about this, we're talking about a level of itching that most of us can't really fathom. Like like constant nonstop extreme itching that uh, that does not cease can mm-hmm. prevent uh, can can really prevent sleeping and and instill and, and insomnia for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's not uncommon for people to commit suicide to just, just over the itching alone.
0: Right. Um, You've got skin discoloration, of course, Mm -hmm. and you've got rashes, eye diseases, and most notably, um, this can lead to permanent blindness. And we'll talk a a little bit more about the blindness aspect of this and how the the worm accomplishes this. But as you can already tell, this is um, an incredibly tormenting, devastating disease, um, particularly if you are in one of these developing nations. And, uh, you already are poverty stricken and you're already dealing with a host of other issues yeah. just trying to live your life on a day to day basis.
1: Yeah. And there are other particularly harmful diseases that are, that are often pr- a problem in these areas as well. I mean, these are areas where you're, we're dealing with HIV AIDS in many cases and there's a huge effort to, uh, to tackle that public health concern. Right. And it's in, in, in the past especially, it's been easy for stuff like river blindness to fall to the wayside. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that this tends to, um, you'll have communities where you have like 98 uh, percent infection rate Mm -hmm. like most of the village uh, most of the community is infected with uh this uh with this organism Mm -hmm. and they essentially have river blindness but it's generally in your 30s and 40s where it really becomes debilitating where you see blindness set in so you it's taking people out during the what should be some of the most uh, active uh, decades of their life you have so you have people that are Otherwise uh, you know the, the, of, of sound mind and body, but now that first they 're robbed of to a certain extent their sanity by by the, the this itching this constant itching they can 't mm-hmm. sleep uh, constantly having to deal with this, and then they 're robbed of their sight as well
0: well they can 't so then they can 't um, hold down a job right, right. Um, they can 't take care of their children they can 't harvest crops. Um, you know, they can't receive an education, so it's basically stripping them of their livelihoods and compounding these cycles of poverty for generations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's a huge economic impact here. Uh, we're talking about it affecting 18 million people around the world with 99 percent of the cases in Africa. And it is the leading cause of preventable blindness in the world and is endemic to 37 countries in Africa and in uh, Latin America. All right, so let's uh let's talk about this disease cycle that happens this with this parasite and how it's being um, carried around in the the mandibles of these black flies
1: yeah I guess we'll start with the black flies they're flying around they're um, and they're they're carrying uh, this uh, this infection the uh, the larva, right
0: mm-hmm so yeah let's set the scene here I and mean, we were talking about swiftly flowing rivers and streams yeah which
1: is which that alone threw me when I was first uh, Looking into this because mm-hmm. you, you you know when you're dealing with stagnant waters or still waters, there's always this potential for uh, for s- something horrible to brew there. But f- but fast flowing clean waters, you know, that's that should be safe, right? Well, not so. Right. You you have the black fly that's infected by the larva. All right, it's got it in its mandibles. And the black fly seeks out prey. It wants to feed on some blood, so it finds these various uh, villagers uh, who are hanging out around the water, bathing in the water, collecting, uh, drinking water. I mean, this is the center of their life, so mm-hmm. they're there. There's no avoiding contact with the water. The community is often you know, adjacent to the water. So black fly bites you, and then you get the larva in your skin. Yes. And, and then things begin to proliferate.
0: Yep, that's right. So the, the parasite is entering through the, the skin that's been pierced by the fly, and they migrate and form nodules in the skin, and then they mature.
1: Yeah, basically they when we're talking about nodules, we're talking about like little little spheres in the skin, like little round colonies, little Well it's
0: you know. almost like the nodules of your spine that you can feel in your back, right? Yeah. Those this this is something that's going to become that apparent on your skin when you see that kind of bump um, forming.
1: Yeah. They lo- look like little like little tumors or little just yeah. little balloons of worms, basically. And These things reproduce at an astonishing rate Mm -hmm. and and are really long-lived. Like, you you tend not to think of things like a nematode living for 9, 12, um, uh, upwards of, you know, uh, over 12 years, up to like 15 years of, of life in this worm that is living inside of this tiny little round glob in your skin
0: yeah i mean i kind of think of it as like tent city like your body becomes tent city for them these nodules are these places that they migrate back and forth to because they they, um, are either moving back and forth to join other worms or mating with other worms so there's all this activity going on um, in your body and of course that's why you're getting some of these horrible symptoms these
1: worms are mating uh, and they're they're laying eggs. The the female, as you said,
0: a thousand larvae a day.
1: Yeah, these uh, yeah, a thousand of these uh, microfilarae uh, per day mm-hmm. are, are are being laid inside your skin. So it just it's it's exponential. It just it just builds up like crazy. So the the body progressively becomes more and more ravaged by this. You have these uh, these nod- nod- nodules are, are popping up everywhere. They're 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 itching. And then if it spreads to your eyes that's where you encounter some real problems.
0: Yeah, okay, so, and that sounds weird, because you think about a worm, you probably are thinking about an earthworm or something along right. those lines. You're not thinking about a worm that is the size of the period at the end of a sentence, but the fact of the matter is that's the, the size of these worms, and they can travel to the eye where they create severe lesions, and this is what can lead to blindness. Um, so that is a huge concern, obviously, because, again, this is debilitating for the person, and the idea is that you want to try to get... Uh, or intervene with medication before this happens. And we'll talk a little bit more about the medication later. Um, but let's talk about when you are infected. You yes. you are the host that's infected. You are then contributing to the rest lo- of the life cycle of this parasite because you're infected, you're um, bitten again, and then another fly becomes infected with the larvae uh, from your body, and the cycle just continues. Yeah, you're
1: like a resupply camp. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about parasitic, go. Uh, Life cycles before, and and that's generally how it goes. The organism is not living its entire life cycle inside your body. You are just a stopover. In the same way that a a human uh, will occupy, won't occupy a single job their entire life. Or live in one house for an entire life. You know, it's, a, it's it's a cycle. Except the cycle in this case always comes back around to the same place.
0: Yeah, that reminds me of when we did an episode on toxoplasmosis and how it uses rats and cats to continue its life cycle, and even changes the behavior of those those animals and perhaps even people, um, which makes me think about this parasite and how it also can change the body's immune response. It can tinker with how things are working inside of us.
1: And you're talking, of course, about the Wolbachia bacteria, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, okay, this this worm is not a a single parasite or a single organism parasite. It actually contains the Wolbachia bacteria, which is in and of itself unusual. But the reason why that bacteria is hitching a ride with um, Onchocerciasis is because it actually does a job for that worm Um, what happens is that when it infiltrates the human body and our white blood cells go oh there's there's something going on here Um, those white blood cells specifically neutrophils Mm -hmm. uh, which are specialized white blood cells they surround the the infection point but what happens here is that that bacteria has already created a ring around the worm and is basically cloaking that worm from the white blood cells. So the white blood cells, uh, a
1: cloaking device, a bacterial cloaking yes. device used by the bacteria to infiltrate our our body's defense systems.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the white blood cells are then creating another ring around the bacterial ring mm-hmm. and uh, trying to attack that. But it's specialized, right? So it can't actually attack the worm itself. It can't even get to the worm. Um, and then you have something called eosinophils. And this is sort of like the cleanup crew of our body. This is another type of white blood cell. And it usually could get to the worm and take it out. Okay. It's like, um, it's sort of like the crime scene cleanup. Right, uh, white blood cell of our body, but again, because it's got this double ring around it, now it can't get through the other white blood cells. It can't get through the the uh, bacteria. It's not going to make its way to the worm, which is amazing because what it's doing is it's gaming our immune system. This parasite.
1: Yeah, it's like it's throwing up some uh, some interference. It's like some sort of a like a bank heist kind of a, a flick. It's it's like coming to mind, you know, where yeah. uh, where it's like the, the the bank heist itself is just distraction and then the, the, the guy who can save the day can't get in to stop the bad guy because the police response is surrounding the building. Uh, kind of a similar thing going on here with the uh, with with, uh, with our uh, nemesis here.
0: Or misdirection, like we talked about with magicians, mm-hmm. what they do to our brains to try to get us to focus on something else. Um, so this is how amazing this parasite is and, and also how detrimental, as you can see, it, it can be because it's just playing havoc with your body. Um and we're going to talk about the ways in which it has been combated. I'm going to take a quick break.
1: Yeah, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about how uh, we're actually fighting this thing. And and really, thanks to uh, to the Carter Center and uh, and other efforts, we're actually defeating this thing. All right, we're back. In in reading about onchocerciasis, it also happens to fall in the same week where I'm I'm reading a lot about the. Um, the xenomorph from Alien, yeah. which also has a parasitic, uh, a fictional parasitic uh, life cycle. And, of course, there's a there's a place, there's a, a part in, in the original film Alien where they're asking the uh, android Ash, um, how do we defeat it? How do we defeat this uh, this organism? And he tells them, you can't. There's, there's no way you're going to be able to kill it. Uh, and he just tells them, you know, you have my sympathies. Symp- sympathies. And uh, the interesting thing about onchocoriasis is... is when we attempt to fight it, killing it is not really an option on the table. It right. Is, and so our, our means of defeating it is not going in there and wiping it out, rather waiting it out and keeping it from uh, reproducing.
0: That's right. So we're trying to control it, and yeah. we're trying to um, to lessen the symptoms. And so the the disease is really just treated here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's as you say, it's not eradicable, at least at this point. Uh, So that is done through something uh, called ivermectin, which is an oral medicine. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is part. um, This is really part of this really the great part of this story yeah. uh, which involves carter center and it involves merck
1: yeah i mean the, the parasite blinding people not the great part no no
0: no but, no. but, but the, the things the,
1: that we're doing to, to to curb it and to control it yeah. and to uh, and to address the public health side of it uh, is, is amazing and pretty pretty much a just an awesome story for everybody involved
0: yeah so in 1987 uh, this is only part of the story here uh, merck and company pledged to donate mectazine uh, which is Ivermectin for yeah. as long as necessary to all people affected by the disease in endemic countries. This is a huge deal, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Say what you will about the uh, large pharmaceutical companies, but this is just an, this is an example of 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 a, of a company doing the right thing here and just right. just putting uh, public health above all else.
0: Yeah, and when we're talking, um, just so everybody gets a, an idea of the scope of this, since 2010, more than 150 million mechtazan treatments have been distributed, and presumably many more until this is, uh, you know, completely managed to the point to zero where there's zero infections across the world.
1: And to put the the number of treatments in uh, perspective, too, this is not something you take every day. This is something you take annually. Yeah. So you'll you'll dose up on 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 Mectizan Once a year, Mm -hmm. but you'll do it for about 15 years. Because the idea is that every year you want to pump the stuff in there, keep the females from reproducing, the females that are already living inside your body, keep them from reproducing for their entire life cycle. And again, these things live 9, 12. um, Generally, the the estimate I was seeing was like 9 to 12 years. Mm -hmm. Call it 15 and you're safe, right? Yeah. Um, Basically, you want to wait it out don't let it reproduce for the rest of its life and then at the end of 15 years nothing else has been new has been born You'll be clean.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, again, you know, Merck has pledged um, to, you know, endemic countries to help keep this under control. The pill does kill immature worms mm-hmm. in the body. And if, if
1: they can't reproduce in the human body, yeah. we defeat it ultimately. Exactly, because think. it breaks that cycle, yeah. right?
0: So if you get, you know, bit again, then, you know, anyway, the transmission, what we're talking about here is is interruption and elimination, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, but Mactizan is is great. It relieves itching. It improves vision and prevents blindness. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you can get... there at the right time to help prevent that blindness because essentially what you're doing is you're giving uh people their lives back because if you can't work if you can't take care of yourself if you are in a family that is already stretched to live you know again day-to-day living here um then most likely you're going to be kind of put to the wayside and for years some people have been living outside of their communities because they just don't have the resources to take care of people who um have river blindness um so anyway, this really is sort of a life-giving uh, drug and a development that happened in conjunction with the Carter Center. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Carter Center um real quickly. These guys are a leader in disease eradication and elimination. They target diseases that no one knew um, or did little or nothing about before the diseases, like something like river blindness, were even recognized as a neglected disease. And they've been doing this since the 80s. Yeah. Uh, so they are out there on the front fields. But not only that, they work, r- like, in tandem with the countries and the program administrators, um, you know, the community-based volunteers. And this is a huge effort. Because it's not just like, hey, we're this one organization and we're going to bring this down on high. Everybody can have this. I mean, this takes a, a huge um, commitment, first of all. And second of all, cooperation, uh, different countries, um, you know, different levels of government to get yeah. this You know, going.
1: Yeah, and then because once you get it going, too, it's such a long term process. You're talking, because again, you're talking about uh, supplying this to to communities for a period of 15 years, Mm -hmm. and you need everybody to take it. Because uh, again, these communities are are dealing, you're dealing with like 98% infection rate. So it's like everybody. So, and everybody has to take it because if, if only some people take this medication, if some are abstaining because of of um, real or perceived side effects to to taking it or some sort of I I uh, read some stuff too about you know at, at times there have been like fears that oh it will make me sterile or or concerns that more traditional medical practices uh in a culture would treat would actually be better at treating this uh, condition than uh, outsider medicine so you have to do a lot of re education and and re education mm-hmm. um, and keep that up for uh, fifteen years as well, so it's a, it's a huge commitment, and uh, and the fact that the Carter Center has been so proactive in it is, is really amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the keys um, in learning about the program, particularly the River Blindness program, um, that that they do it's not just okay, here's a drug from an outsider. Mm-hmm. What they really have done is they've o- allowed these countries and these communities and these different levels of government to take this on this the education programs and. Um, the medication on themselves and distribute it to the communities that need it to the people that need it so that people are understanding it as not an outsider um agenda but as an agenda that is important um inside the community and so i think that has gotten everybody on board um so in that sense you know the carter center is is also helping them the you know those communities to help themselves um so that's really important. You've got the, the education component, you've got the, the medicine component, and you have the vector control, right? So there's also spraying that goes on. Yes,
1: Yeah. So, um, so medicating um, infected individuals, yeah, it's just one part of it. We also uh, are getting in there with anti larval, um, like larval sides, actually, yeah. that, uh, that put in the water. Well, first of all, figure out what. Portions of a river are really prime activity. So, they'll go in. They'll they'll look at the, the rate of the water flowing through there, like measure it with like little propeller gadgets, and then uh, once they figure out the areas to treat, treat it with this uh, environmentally friendly anti larval yeah um, larvicide yeah. yeah. And then that, that will attempt to kill it off. And then the, you know you'll look at uh, how the larval populations have dropped off in those areas. Like uh, like looking uh, typically, these larvae will end up crawling all over like the crabs that live in there. Uh, right. live, live in the water. So pull out the crabs, examine the crabs, and uh, and we're, you know, we're seeing in some of these areas that were previously hotbeds for uh, the uh, larval uh, infestations, the, it's just, just not there anymore.
0: Yeah, so, yeah.
1: So, yeah, cutting down, medicating people, cutting down on where it grows. Um, also, just a, a lot of things like making sure people are, are wearing more clothes uh, in, in areas where they're exposed to the black flies, protective uh, clothing, protective uh, gear, uh, just sort of any little additional seemingly petty advantage you can take can make a huge difference when you add everything up.
0: Yeah, and um, I wanted to touch on elimination versus interrupted transmission, too, because mm-hmm. these are two different terms, obviously, that mean very different things. Um, so for uh, for interrupted transmissions, this has been happening with a lot of um, the different countries that the Carter Center is involved with. Um, this interrupted transmission basically happens when 85% treatment coverage of an area uh Is attained and there are no new incidences. Mm -hmm. Elimination is a term that that uh, you cannot actually use until an area or a country has maintained no new cases during a three year period called the surveillance period, and that's zero infections, and that's when you know that that is eliminated. Of course, World Health Organization is also involved in. in, in terming a country or, or an area eliminated of this disease. But I guess with the, the larger story here is that this is a huge win uh, for these countries and for these areas. Colombia has inter- interrupted transmission um, and has gone three years without any new cases, and it's waiting to be certified as eliminated. Uh, Ecuador, which is another area that the Carter Center is uh, focusing on, has interrupted transmission, has also gone nearly three years without any new cases, and is also being prepared to be certified as eliminated. Mexico and Guatemala have interrupted transmission, and they are in their surveillance period now. Venezuela and Brazil still have endemic areas, uh, most notably the area that crosses their shared border. Sort of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Carter Center assists five African countries where they've interrupted transmission in some areas, but not entire countries. It's a little bit more complex. Um, some countries have elected to go from nationwide elimination or to go for uh, el- nationwide elimination and others have not. Mm-hmm. And I think that is important, um, that, that aspect right there, that you have to have the country on board with us as well or the area on board with us to really decide, hey, are we going to, as a community, go for complete elimination? Yeah.
1: So now, one of the big challenges is just keeping the fight going, just g- continuing to to keep it in people's minds that this is an issue that we need to continue to to fight, to uh, to eradicate, continue to treat, and just not let the guard down until um, until it's it's adequately dealt with in all of these affected areas.
0: Yeah, because as you said before, like to stop that disease cycle, you have to have at least 85% of, of eligible people in the endemic area taking the mechtison each year. Um, Until the parasite disappears. Mm -hmm. And I I read, I I believe it was in Guatemala, Um, I may be wrong on that location, but uh, in the Carter Center, they were talking about, uh, or the Carter Center website, they had this great story about how they're trying to really keep the education component of this um, in people's minds for for all generations mm-hmm. and they were talking about school age kids who in their courtyard have um, f- black fly piñatas and that's par- again part of the conversation of keeping it in their minds of this is uh, a very real danger this is something that we need to think about so that those generations will continue to yeah, to make
1: prevention Part of the culture, really. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, And I should also mention, too, that there is um, an independently produced film called Dark Forest Black Fly that is tracking the efforts of the Carter Center and its partners to wipe out uh, river blindness in Uganda. And that should be out later this year. But you can check out a clip on the Carter Center's website.
1: Yeah, do do go to the Carter Center's website. You can just do a Google search for Carter Center if you want to be a little more specific. Do Carter Center uh, uh, River blindness, or you just do a search for River blindness, and you'll find the Carter Center's website on this. You'll also, uh, in visiting that website, you'll find uh, an easy um, way to donate if you would like to donate to uh, to that particular cause. It's a great cause, and uh, I highly recommend uh, supporting it. And uh, oh, and also, if you want, if you're just a little more curious about the organism itself, well. They have plenty of information about it. But there's also, there also a little discovery show that came out a couple of years ago oh, yeah. called Monsters Inside Me. And uh, if you're just fascinated by grotesque, harmful parasites, um, this is the show for you. It's, uh, it's 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 kind of a disturbing and dark uh, show. It's a documentary, uh, but with a lot of um, dramatized scenes of individuals uh Encountering parasites, becoming infected by parasites—all based on, on real stories. But they they have a segment in one of the episodes that deals with uh, with river blindness, um, and it has to do with uh, an American chimpanzee, um, yeah. and um, specialist who comes back to the states mm-hmm. uh, infected and has to deal with uh, the ramifications. But uh, but check that out if you're you're interested in learning just more about the the strangeness of this creature.
0: Yeah, and I, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, learning about this, more of the uh, the Carter Center part of this, and not just the Carter Center part, but the sort of humanitarian efforts that are going on. We, we Often we talk about parasites, we talk about how deadly they are or how fascinating they are, but this is so incredible to know or to remember that there's this whole shadow effort, uh, and it's not even really shadow, but it's not something that we don't talk about all the time there's a huge effort going on to to help people and to um to get them educated and to to get that sort of health care that they need and to stop the cycles of this that are making a huge difference in their quality of life so it's pretty cool stuff
1: all right well let's call the robot over here and do a couple of uh listener mails before we uh sign out uh first of all i want to say that we heard from adam again um the uh, chief happiness officer who's traveling uh, around uh, the world and sent us the cool hats, which we still need to get a photo of. Uh, I know. One of these days.
0: Been, like this week has flown by.
1: It has. Um, but anyway, he wrote in uh, to tell us what he was up to now. He was in Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, and he also uh, managed to pick up, and he sent us some pictures of the money, but he also says, also, Robert, I suppose this is the Asian Red Bull that you talked about many times in the show. It was available here in Singapore. I didn't try it. I uh, included a picture of it. Uh, we had a listener send a picture of this uh, this uh, beverage uh, in before, and it's hard for me to place because it looks like it's in cans now. And when I had it a few years ago in um, um, in, in Thailand, it was uh, it was in like a little medicine-looking bottle, but uh, but it was a Red Bull product, and it was like really crazy intense. So I I it's I put, mainstreaming. Yeah. So I I put the call out. It's like for any of our listeners who are traveling through East Asia. Uh, or live in East Asia uh, to uh, to give me their feedback on it uh, and see if it's really such a, uh, a so, such an intense uh, beverage compared to its uh, American counterpart. Um,
0: and by intense, it feels as though it alters your reality a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like like it just felt like an enormous amount of energy, like it was um, like multiple shots of. Uh, an um, espresso or, yeah, or B12 or something, just really okay. charging and sweeter somehow, too. Uh, we also heard from a listener by the name of Robert Robert and it says, Robert, Julie, and Company. Um, he's refining, uh, responding to our episode on fiction and reality. He says, the famed comic writer Alan Moore's recent work has frequently uh, centered around an investigation of the power of fiction over reality, as discussed in your recent Fiction Reality Secret Master podcast. Uh, his Promethea graphic novel, uh, novels are a clearly a simplified exploration of the power of myth and symbolism on the human experience. But even more relevant is his amazing, spooky, bizarre spoken word performance, Snakes and Ladders, which ties in the biblical serpent, the discovery of DNA, an obscure writer, um, author Mockens, uh, mourning over the loss of his wife into a beautiful exploration of where ideas come from and what impact they can have on us. It's quite a dense uh, performance and some of the m- more complicated elements elude me, eluded me until I read the illustrated adaptation, but it's r- uh, really worth investigating. Thanks for your continued excellent work in the field of thought-provoking podcasts. Um, yeah, I- Alan Moore is awesome. I encourage anyone to, to chuck out his stuff. I ac- actually have not Read or listen to the the titles he mentions here. Uh, I'm familiar with Promethea. Uh, I was I was actually reading a little about it the other day. That's the one where we get the uh, the weeping gorilla from. Just like a weeping gorilla that shows up and he's uh, he's always bemoaning something like I can't you get a good. Cup oh, I of thought you meant about cow? the
0: the weeping gorilla in the office.
1: No, no, no well, a different it, one. No, well, if you see a weeping gorilla in the office, then it's probably uh, some sort of crossover from fiction into reality uh, via the. Uh, Metaphysics of Promethea. Um, as for Snakes and Ladders, I, I don't think I'd actually heard of this one before, though I have read some of the um, fiction of author Mckin, um, unless I have my names crossed. I believe he's the guy who wrote uh, he wrote the Windigo and uh, uh, some really weird. No, maybe he didn't write Windigo. I think he wrote, he wrote some... Winnebago. No, I think he wrote some weird uh, stories about Pan, like uh, oh. like sort of early weird tales. But but at the center of this is is Pan the uh, the half-man. The half-man, half half-goat. And he's uh, depicted in a very very interesting manner, like a dangerous manner. But a, uh, it's, it's really powerful stuff, assuming I didn't uh, screw up my names there. But anyway, uh, thanks, uh, Robert. We always uh, love to uh, hear from people uh, on the podcast and also about other bits of media that tie into yeah. what we're talking about. And finally, we heard from Summer in Salt Lake City, Utah. Summer writes in. And uh, she's uh, responding to our uh, discussion of how stuff works versus HSW. She brought this up because uh, uh, we mentioned on the podcast in the, in the past that uh, that uh, even though we say how stuff works, uh, when we go to uh, to refer to the website or website properties and in internal emails, we'll often put down uh, just put down HSW to mm-hmm. simplify things. Just three letters, but. Uh, it, When you start looking at the syllables, how stuff works, that's three syllables. H-S-W, that's five syllables. We end up saying H-S-W, though, uh, because we're used to abbreviating it on on paper, so we end up abbreviating it in our speech. And uh, so she says, I would like to offer a solution that was uh, adopted at the place where I was employed through college. Tennis Warehouse is much longer and more drawn out than T-W when written but they are the same number of syllables when spoken. Being college students, either option seemed uh, to require way too much energy to say over and over, so we instead pronounced it T-dub. It only uh, solves the, uh, the too many syllables in the letter W problem, but it also makes everyone feel slightly more street smart. So uh, so her I recommendation like would be for us to go with HS-dub.
0: Okay, so instead of doing H-S-W with a 4, mm-hmm. right, then we can shorten it back to 3.
1: HS-dub. HS-dub. Of plus-
0: yeah. All right, we well, need to send. We need to send the memo out today.
1: Well, I think we would have to. We'd probably have to get rid of that S, and we just change it to H Dub or I W D. I don't know something. I, Once you start down that road, it's a slippery slope.
0: I understand. I'm know? thinking of this. I don't know. I'm a traditionalist. I'm liking the H S Dub.
1: H S Dub. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll give it a try a week, and we'll see how it goes. Okay. All right. Well, if you would like to uh, talk about anything with us, be it uh, abbreviations and uh, uh, be it. Uh, River blindness and its uh, effects uh, on the world. Other interesting parasites, parasitic lifestyles. Lifestyles? Parasitic life cycles. <laughs> Not so much the life stuff. I-
0: that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. If, if you have a parasitic lifestyle, l- let us know about that. We'd be interested to know what that consists of. And do let- you
0: have the Wolbach bacteria? Yeah, and how is that working out? Yeah.
1: So you can find us on Facebook and you can find us on Twitter. On Facebook, we are stuff to blow your mind. On Twitter, our handle is blow the mind. Look us up there, friend us, follow us, interact with us, share stuff with us. Um, anything's on the table.
0: Yeah, and do make sure to check out the Carter Center's website. Um, River blindness is just one of the many programs um, that they work on. And uh, please do feel free to send us an email at blow at discovery Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.